This episode of That Does Suit Madam is brought to you by Moltert's Daisy Dairy. Milk, cheese, and yogurt, all from your lovable cow, Daisy, delivered to your door within two miles of Millstone Manor. Region-wide limit of two gallons per day, poor girl. Mr. Brandon, are you free? I'm free! I'm Brandon. And I'm Jeff, and this is That Does You, Madam, a podcast about Are You Being Served? Hello, Unanimous. Hello, Unanimous. Hello, Mr. Jeff. Hello, Gladys. Hello, Gladys. We haven't heard from you in a while. Well, she's always chirping away, but, you know, most of the time I have the the silencer on her, which is basically a sock. I put her in a sock, and then she can't can't make noises anymore. Oh. So, guess what today is? What's today, Mr. Randon? Well, I won't tell you what day it is, because by the time it's published, it won't be that day anymore. (laughs) But um, it is the last episode of season one of Are You Being Served Again? Slash Grace in Favor. Oh, my God. Oh, how quickly it's come. I feel like we just started talking about the sequel. To all good things, the end. No, what is it? All, All good things must come to an end. There we go. I was trying to think of an Are Being Served joke, but I couldn't. Yeah, so this is kind of, uh, it's a fun show. It's a fun episode. It's been a while since we, um, our our schedules convened at the That Does Mm -hmm. Suit Madam compound. It's awfully hot here in northern Mississippi. We're on flexi time in the northern Mississippi (laughs) compound here, so. (laughs) Now with wings. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so we've been hearing much affair from uh, the unanimous, have we not, Mr. Jeffrey? We have. We have indeed, Mr. Brandon. We have indeed. Uh, In the last episode, uh, we thanked uh, one of our unanimous, Mr. James, for suggesting the menswear audio cue for our moment of butch in every episode. And uh, we just want to say that many other unanimous members had suggested the very same thing, but Mr. James happened to be the first. Oh, you got to be first, unanimous. Sorry about it. Thank you all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you all. Yes, and we, um, we, okay, so we have to clear the air. We've been accumulating a lot of interns, have we not? (laughs) Luckily. (laughs) We have indeed, Mr. Brandon. That is true. The the compound, there's a lot of maintenance. We have our 17th century stone stairwell that we we transplanted from. uh, It's very slippy. Very slippy, you know, like a lot of moisture that you have to deal with. We have the canteen and then the manageress and the, and, and the importation of British snacky foods and teas for our and break. And changing the, the menu of the day sign. Yeah, and of there, course, there's a lot of things Inexplicably, we, we, we use uh, British pound sterling and pence in the, <laughs> the cafeteria, so that's confusing as well. A lot of people have to deal with that. But luckily for the budget uh, office, it's all free. It's all unpaid labor. They just get to be around because they're such big fans of the podcast. Uh, but we we had a uh, an unauthorized uh, use of <gasps> yes, and we're caught. We have Gas. To, we have to call them out. Um, if you recall, uh, unanimous, uh, the newest member of the junior research internship, uh, free internship, I should add, uh, was Mr. JJ. Um, he I think fell asleep on the third day of the empl- the new employee in uh, uh, training session. Uh, there's a whole PowerPoint that we made. I'm, I think he was the one in the back sleeping. Um, he thought uh, the research department uh, could take extracurricular uh, uh, holiday slash work trips, 
quote-unquote working trips, as they say, uh, to London, England. Bless him, he sent us a voicemail um, about it. So let's listen to Mr. JJ's voicemail he left on the Peacock hotline, which is funny because there is an employee line, but he chose not to use it. <laughs> Anyhow, this is Mr. JJ's message. Mr. Jeff and Mr. Brandon, hello, hello. This is Mr. JJ, the new honorary that does suit madam research intern. I have taken the liberty of taking the that does suit madam corporate jet and I have flown all the way to London, England itself where I am on holiday, unfortunately not with the staff of Grace Brothers, but I shall use this time and of course uh, all of the that does suit madam research grant money uh, to to do plenty of are you being served related research here in you know in the motherland right on the ground floor but anyway I wanted to say I was listening to the latest episode of the podcast and I really appreciate the very lovely shout out given to me this voice memo is getting a bit long so I will bid you adieu and once again you've both done very well and I am unanimous in that. Well, normally we'd say thank you, JJ, for all of our unanimous, <laughs> but considering that this was an unauthorized business trip mm. transatlantic, I think a scolding is rather in order. You have not done very oh, well, no. JJ. Oh, <laughs> no. Well, I will say, we, you know, our budget, I mean, of course, there is no budget for the research department. There that's is the no beauty. Budget. That's the beauty of it. You are allowed to go to Nashville, Tennessee, or West Memphis, Arkansas, but not, nowhere outside of that boundary line, okay? So cross Atlantic, Atlantic, uh, and I have to say, there is no such thing as that does suit Madam Business, uh, Jet, uh, because we are a lowly, meager, modest podcast. Uh, I think, Mr. JJ, you took too many Ambien's on the flight, and that was just a WestJet you were on, okay, honey? So <laughs> check your American Express bill for that. That was nuts. Uh, but thank you for reporting in. We're glad you're doing all the research. Um, hopefully we'll get an update later on in another podcast about that. So that was good. And if you want to leave us a voicemail, unanimous, you always hear the number at the end of the episode. But we'll give it to you now. It's 662-PEACOCK. Six six two seven three two two six two five, And we've also heard from some new Facebook fans, David, Nicola, and Jason. Thank you very much. Hello. Um, we got an email from someone who has an Are You Being Served theme tattoo. Did we not, <gasps> Mr. Brandon? Oh, my gosh. So this is almost like a theater of the mind. So unanimous, I invite you to relax, sit back, close your eyes, and picture, if you will, the realm of imagination. I'm going to read his email, okay? So you just pretend it's him talking. Um, so this is what Mr. John Bryan wrote in an email to us. In 1996, I got an Are You Being Served tattoo. I think you asked about it a while back. Uh, it was one of those lower back tattoos. Ooh, very classy. So a tramp stamp. <laughs> it said, I'm free. <laughs> so a tramp stamp. <laughs> <laughs> My all men's beach volleyball teammates loved it. Okay, because when you play volleyball, you say, I'm free, I'm free over here, right? Give me the ball. Right. Um, if you need, oh, wait, that's netball. So. Yes, yes, yes. Um, although things got very interesting in the locker room. Oh. Yeah, that's uh, okay. Uh, hey, it's Mr. John Bryan. He can say whatever he wants. Um, the, that only lasted one summer, though. 
it had to be changed. <laughs> now it says I'm Fred. <laughs> you know, my mother to this day keeps asking me why strange men keep asking for Fred. <laughs> and uh, I was quite excited about this tale. And I, I basically, I picture Mr. Humphreys giving this tale. And then he That's says... a very interesting tale to tell. Um, yeah. Which is unusual for him, isn't it, Mr. Jeff? Um, it is, isn't it? <laughs> and then he says in parentheses, just kidding, but man, how fun it was to think about. Mm, I think it would be very <laughs> fun to think about a volleyball team with that tramp stamp on your back. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. John Bryant, but thank you for, for emailing and sharing those uh, lovely thoughts, although not very family-friendly thoughts, but uh, all, the way, all the same. Explicit tag. <laughs> um, th- you know, uh, thank you all for emailing in with your stories about um, back tattoos and all that. <laughs> uh, we encourage you to keep up with the news, you know, be on the lookout for new COVID restrictions, if you are susceptible to monkeypox or in a community where it's spreading around and you can get a vaccine, grab it. Continue to wash your hands because, hey, that's just good hygiene. Um, think about donating to your favorite charity to show support in Ukraine as well as reproductive rights. And as always, Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. And um, before we go move on, I wanted to also um, mention that Mr. And this is kind of a hot take. Are you ready for a hot take? Mr. Jeff. I'm always ready for a hot take. Listen to that, gentlemen. Um, (laughs) Mr. Patrick on Facebook, he said he noticed that Molly Sugden, in the original series of Are You Being Served, had a kind of a a putting on airs kind of accent. Um, The quality, you know, she would kind of put on this, she trying to upgrade her social standing in the way she spoke, right? Mm -hmm. He mentioned in the Facebook comment that... um, in Are You Being Served Again, Stroke, Grace and Favor, she doesn't really do that. There's, a, there's an episode maybe where she kind of did it, but she, it's not consistent. Do you think that's an evolution in her character? Or was she just having a bad day and she, you know, and she forgot? What do you think? I don't think that's a hot take at all. I think that's actually very true to character. Because if Mrs. Slocum was intentionally putting on airs, she was doing that... For the customer for to the show customers. that she under- yes. that she she understands the quality and she knows what kind of undergarments that the quality <laughs> would like, right? Pure um, well whalebone. Well, it was good enough for the whale, as well as <laughs> to distinguish herself as the superior to Miss Brahms. Now that they're retired, they're peers. They're fr- they're more friendly than ever. Ah. Yeah. And she has no need to put on air. So, and it's true because um, they're not around customers yeah. and they're more around themselves. So she can just let it all hang out, Betty Baby, as Miss Brown would it say. Were. Yes. Yeah. Okay, good, good so comment. Sh- shall, we, shall we get in our time machine and go back 40 years? Yeah. So what the hell are these 30 people? Years. Sorry, okay. 30 years. Strike it from the record, Mr. Jeff. So, Mr. Jeffrey, what are these poor, unsuspecting, unanimous people listening to us for all about exactly? What is the reason for this podcast today? T- tonight we are talking about Series 1, Episode 6, American Tourists. The Series 1 finale of Are You Being Served Again? Stroke, Grace, and Favor. Makes you feel proud to be American, doesn't it? <laughs> and that originally premiered on February 14th, 1992. And that week in the news, at the top of the Billboard 100 charts for the second week in a row, was I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred. And at the top of okay. the UK singles chart was Stay by Shakespeare's Sister. Betty Shakespeare? Um, that, is that the name of the band? Like, I don't get it. Shakespeare's Sister is the name of the band, yeah. Oh, I see what you did there. Okay, I've never heard that one. 
Can you sing it? Um, I I can actually. Oh, cool. I, I do remember this song. This is I know. first. Oh, God. Break out the auto tune. So this was a song. It was kind of a one hit wonder. It was a staple on 120 minutes, and it started off with a very angelic melodic voice, and then all of a sudden, after the second verse, there was a break. And the other one came in with a little bit more of a demonic vo- voice. And that second vo- voice starts, um, You better hope and pray that you make it safe back to your own world. Ooh. Any, any it, recollection it, of that? Is it like a Twisted Sister song that they covered? or No, it's their own original like song. A, I don't know. Gosh. Anyway. So, uh, in pop <laughs> good culture try, good and in try. the news that week, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and please, please tell the audio engineering team at our Northern Mississippi compound to put some sweetener on that. We'll do uh, all humanly possible. We can only do (laughs) so much. (laughs) Um, So that week in the news and uh, in pop culture, Wayne's World uh, premiered in the movie theaters. Remember we were talking about um, a while back the... um, a resurgence in popularity of Bohemian Rhapsody. Rhapsody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Was originally due to uh, Freddie Mercury's death in November 91, mm-hmm. and that it had a second resurgence in the film, uh, after the film That was, is how um, I became released. aware of that song. I would say, what, you, you know that song from Wayne's World? And everyone would say, oh yeah, that one. What's it called? Right. Before yeah. the internet. It was the uh, 100th episode of Cops on the Fox Network in America. Have you ever watched one of those, like, recently episodes of Cops? I haven't, no. I mean, I honestly, um, I, I can't watch it feels anything like that. It used to be on in the background. I remember, like, uh, if you're an American and you grew up in the 90s, invariably there'd be an episode of Cops on the background just not even watching. You would just hear it. And you would hear, like, the sound of people running and being tackled and, like, uh, excuses why they had, like, a bottle of open liquor in Las Vegas or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so weird. But when you uh, – it, it really brought me back the sound of it. And then um, watching it, it just felt really exploitative. Like, <laughs> these poor people yeah. is what I kept thinking. But Also that week, that was when Barbara Streisand surprised Mike Myers – Roseanne and Madonna in a cameo appearance at the end of a Coffee Talk episode on Saturday Night Live. I think I can quote her. This is, this is serendipitous here, people. With all this talk of... of no, what did, she, what, did she, what did she say? Uh, Danish. With all this talk of Danish girls, you're making me hungry. I think that's what she said. <laughs> oh, I'm so gay. <laughs> that was a big moment in our lives, wasn't it? <laughs> that, that was huge. It was huge because it was a genuine surprise yeah. to... All the actors as well as um, all the audience. Mike Myers didn't I, I, know she was going to be there and then suddenly Barbara Streisand showed up. And it had Roseanne right. Barr. She was there too. Jeez. Yeah. And Madonna. Yeah, I, That's I, right. Wow. I, I guess Roseanne must have been the host and Madonna was the musical Yeah, host. but they wanted because, in, yeah. Because this would have been – this is 92. So this would have been after Immaculate Collection. So <laughs> This is the gayest this, like minute right. of the show ever. <laughs> Would this be Blonde Ambition? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yes, yeah. sure. I'm trying to think what, she, yeah, what, like, what era this is. I think it's too early for 
Rain and Shanti Shakti and that kind of. Well, Madonna. we just lost a couple Madonna fans. Thanks a lot, Mr. Jeff. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm sure someone will write in or yes. call in and correct Mr. us. Mr. Right? Joffrey from Los Angeles. How dare you all? Yeah. <laughs> so over at Millstone Manor, it's later that week. So <laughs> An we hour later. Jump forward. <laughs> we actually jump forward in time a couple of days okay. because the guests are settled in and some of them are actually getting ready to check out. We'll soon learn. The Americans finally. And have arrived and they've been preparing and preparing and preparing right and we see mr humphreys is dressed up in a white tuxedo answering the kitchen phone which is where room service calls looking in. very dapper i might add indeed indeed and he says you know the waitress will be up there in a trice and that was a word i had never heard before i which is surprising for you isn't it mr Joe? i was it is, i was it is indeed mr i Brandon. was waiting for you to explain it to me but um <laughs> oh well so so, in a trice is a set phrase, which means just in a short amount of time. Uh, and it actually comes from an older word for pulley, like a pulley system mm-hmm. that you have to jerk very quickly in order to get it to ratchet up. Sometimes it does require a lot of that. Um, <laughs> so, the, all right. So, the, the word pulley me- meant people associated the idea of if you use a pulley, it makes things faster. But they no, didn't use the, the word pulley. They used the word trice. A, a, a trice was a specific kind of pulley oh, with I a see. ratcheting system. Okay. Huh. You have to kind of jerk pull very quickly in order to We get should move on from this going. topic very quickly. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ms. Brahms is working the griddle, and there are four tic- tickets waiting. So they've got a lot of customers or a lot of guests in the hotel. Uh, we start to see things going south because the lift is stuck in between floors as it is wont to do. Of course. Um, the toast is burnt and oh, no. uh, Miss Brahms has burnt all the eggs. Um, <laughs> Mrs. Slocum asks Miss Brahms to get off the grill and take a tray up to Mr. Webster. And Miss Brahms refuses because the last <laughs> time um, he made a pass at her. And then we hear Miss Slocum give one of her, well, perhaps I'll take it up instead. You know, the where exactly is this yeah, pub? Anyway, yeah, yeah, Kind yeah. of like. Old for oh I love it um, I think I think Mr Webster said to Miss Brahms would you like to see a picture of my twenty thousand acre ranch in Texas or something <laughs> and then of course you know that's what British people think of Americans right because that's what that's right. what we all do I mean we have a compound in northern Mississippi look at us um, <laughs> and then yeah it was a total like where exactly is this pub I was thinking of taking a trip <laughs> to Spain yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> little love letter there. Another guest uh, is Mr. Conklin, who's in a cold bath, and he calls down to room service because he knows he'll get to speak with Mr. Humphreys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mr. Humphreys suggests that he rub himself down with a wet towel. Uh, to warm him to, up. Yeah. Uh, and we hear the one-sided phone conversation, and we're left to assume that Mr. Conklin is asking him to come up and rub him down for him. Mm. And then he says, so this is, I'm much too busy for that, Mr. Conklin, or something like that. This is going to be an important button that we're going to visit several times uh, yeah. this episode about exactly who Mr. Conklin is and what his um, proclivities are. I remember being a little boy, what is 1992, we said, so I was 11, maybe 12, um, thinking, oh, now that's something interesting. I wonder what that's all about. <laughs> I don't know, but it's interesting. Yeah. Um, Rumbold is still in the bellboy uniform, and it's really... Uh, it's, it's kind of, I don't know if humbling is the right word, but it's really interesting to see him in such a junior servile position <laughs> compared to everyone else. Yeah. Um, 
He's saying he's reporting that all of the um, guests want a copy of the Herald Tribune, and they've only got one copy um, at the Manor. Uh, the International uh, Herald Tribune was an internationally published English-only newspaper that was um, popular in hotels, etc. Okay, and I love um, that he said. Um uh, they all want the paper, but we only have one copy, and he has to present it to everyone as, I don't know what to do, which is such an Ari being served thing, right? And then Captain But here's Pe- the... Th- yeah. Right, here's the thing, though. They're, all of their tourists are American. They speak English. And in Somerset, England, the United Kingdom, they also speak English. They could make do with the times and just, you know, skip the local section and get the, the, the news of the world that way. But then it's they, not like they need an it's not like they need an English language newspaper. But then they wouldn't have had the excuse to make the joke, well just give them all one page right. and have them swap at the gong, you know, which is so cute. Right. Love it. Um, Humphreys had to attend bar last night instead of Miss Brahms. And um, all of the guests stayed up very late. Which is unusual for them, isn't it, Mr. Brandon? It is they're, indeed. They're painted as these, uh, as we'll see in the ep- this episode, as really old, decrepit uh, octogenarians <laughs> that don't have a lot of vitality in them. Or personality in youth. Or personality in youth. Uh, but they were all drinking very last, late uh, last night at the bar. Um, Mr. Humphreys decided to shut things down. Mr. Conklin started singing, It's a quarter to three and there's no one in the place except you and me. So we're starting to build this character profile of Mr. Conklin that he's got the eye on uh, our Mr. Humphreys. You know, it's, speaking of that scene, when I was watching the episode to reacquaint myself with it today, um, I remembered that line. It's a quarter to three and there's no, one, there's no one here except you and me. I remembered that thinking, oh, that's kind of an interesting little phrase. I didn't realize it was a song. Which is interesting. Yeah. So here, here's the thing. Um, here's I've noticed, and it's not just in this show, so it's not a um, character choice or it's not a scriptwriter's choice, but it happens in a lot of Britcoms, that when they refer to a song, they won't refer to the title, but they'll refer to either the entire first line of the song uh, yeah. to prompt someone's memory, right? And especially here, because that's what makes the joke. But the song is called One for My Baby and One More for the Road. Um, oh, so that's the it, song, and that it's a quarter to three. That's a line from it. That's the first line oh, from the song. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah. know that song. Um, I have a pop, a pop quiz for you. Are you ready? Go for it. Tell me the connection with that song and Johnny Carson. Oh, I, I, I know this one, actually. <laughs> so... Um, uh, I'll, I will get there in a minute. It, trust me, I am on the path, but it's he's a stalling unanimous. This is a tactic no, 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 that no, he's no, doing. Stalling. He doesn't know it. So this was a ri- <laughs> this was originally a Fred Astaire song from the 1943 musical The Sky's the Limit. Okay, but it's been covered a gajillion times. That's a lot. I think most people are. It's yeah. It's a little bit bigger than a Brazilian. It's a gajillion, right? Brazilians are very tr- people are actually quite quite twim, <laughs> trim, but that's another thing. Are um, probably most familiar with um, Frank Sinatra's version. But Tony Bennett has also covered it, and Ella Fitzgerald has also covered it. Okay. And when Johnny Carson was leading The Tonight Show, <gasps> his last week was a whole, was like a cavalcade of stars. And on the second to last night, Bette Midler <gasps> sang this to Johnny okay, Carson. Okay, you win, baby, you win. He did know it after all. One for <laughs> my baby, one more for the road. And of course, it's so sweet because you can go and Google and look at it. And she's crying, and then Johnny Carson is, like, being stoic and, 
you know, masculine and not crying, but you can tell he's like really trying not to cry because it was such a sweet song. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I mean, it's hard to say, especially these days. But I mean, I think looking at the demographics of who listens to the show, they're all kind of between 30 and 60. So that's kind of a good range of higher, ages. Higher. <laughs> right. Uh, no whammies. Uh, but I think if you listen to the show, you know who Johnny Carson is and like how yeah. big of a presence he was for like, what, 45 years? I don't even know how, how many decades. But the last episode, that's a big deal. And Bette Midler, she's such a classy lady. I mean, also raunchy as hell, but... Was a classy lady. Well, yeah. Uh, but I mean, at that time, like she... Remember the song From a Distance? From a distance. That's so funny da, da. that you mentioned that. That was right because along that era. So people really saw her kind of like, oh, she's very classy, right? It's so funny that you mentioned that. I was just having a conversation with my friend um, this week about that song. Do you mind if I have because, a word with my friend? <laughs> about that Midler. Like there, there are so many... I've heard so many songs on the radio recently that are from the Iraq War era. Like, I really... I really associate from a distance with that kind of message about peace and brotherhood and, you know, yeah. trying to be support of the, um, the, the Kuwaiti and the um, Arabic people. And also in that era was um, the Scorpions' Wind of Change, which I heard on the radio and haven't heard for a very long time. Uh, and there's another one that is um, very much in the vein of Bette Midler from a distance um about oh god it's the tip of my tongue um just to make it easy on everybody i think i'm going to post that clip on our facebook because it's yes, very sweet please do it's it. very sweet yes yeah. and we'll hear yeah. it's a quarter to three and there's no one in the place except you and me so it's related you know there we go yeah. <laughs> so one of the reasons why they well the only reason that the entire staff agreed to pull off this charade and serve the guests was because they were going to get tips from the Americans, and they're all asking around and no one got any tips last night. Um, not a sausage is uh, how they answered that one. Um, I don't know if this is a British slang that we covered on this episode so far. No, like, I think it's a new one. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it is Cockney rhyming slang for um, sausage and mash. Rhymes with crass, cash. We're talking about Ca money. Oh tips. yeah, yeah. yeah. So See, I didn't sausage. even it didn't even hit me that that was Cockney rhyming. So I just obviously they're talking about money and maybe they say sausage, but I'd never thought about Cockney rhyming slang. So well done, you. There you go. Um, they need to get more milk for the pitchers, um, for the, the coffees and the breakfast and whatnot. And Humphreys has to go milk the cow. <laughs> and luckily, Mavis is there to, uh, to teach him because being the city boy that he is, he has no idea what he's doing. Yeah. So um, we, get, um, we get a little great visual gag of uh, Mr. Humphreys trying to lean over rather than sitting on the stool about him trying to find yeah, the udders. Yeah. And oh, I've got to warm my hands, you know, da, 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 da. Um, you know, great tropes that uh, are expected every time someone gets in contact with a cow. Or yeah, it, it like felt that. a bit like, okay, this is almost like a filler scene. But we got to see Mr. Humphreys milking a goat, and you get to see his delicate wristed hands, like, handle the teat. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, <laughs> like, this is kind of a, a funny scene, but it's still cool because who else other than Mrs. Slocum uh, has milked a cow? And now we can say both her and Mr. Humphreys have, so... That's true. It's That's important true that stuff. both of them have. 
the uh, the staff are taking a tea break, and Mavis is making is put the kettle on, and they're all um, talking about their guests again, how old they are, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, that they're um, and they're they're not tipping well, you know, their last tour um, they did six countries in twelve days. Jeez. Right, which is hard to believe them surviving it. Well, <laughs> when they did the Nile tour, two of them were buried in the Valley of the Kings. <laughs> I love and it. We get, we get uh, Mrs. Slocum, ever the feminist. I wonder why they don't have a Valley of the Queens. And then Mr. Humphreys, of course, Mr. responds. Yes. He has to. Right. Uh, they, probably... they probably do. They just haven't found it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I wish they would have said, it's somewhere in Chelsea, I've heard, or something, you know, like the Valley <laughs> of the Queens. Soho, yeah. Soho. Soho. And I go. love yeah. to, to show how old these, these Americans are. The, we see the elevator. I don't think we've seen the elevator at Millstone Manor before, have we? Maybe we have. But anyway, so she's, she's trying to come down and like the doors open but then close very quickly. And she's so old. She, with her walker, she can't get off the elevator she can't in time. Get off quick and enough, then they yeah. close and she goes back up, which is, which is pretty cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tittles somehow got out in the nighttime over the past few days and Mr. Moulterd uh, brings her back in. That one-eyed ginger Tom was knocking seven bells out of her. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, again, uh, another reference to um, Tittles being a little promiscuous now that she's in the country. Well, Because uh, yeah. she's, you know, not lucked up with Winston the Canary as her only Aww. company. And we, um, we get so, to see the cat, which in our being served world is kind of rare. We've seen it twice, and it's been in both on this in this series. Um yeah, and I love that Mr. Uh, excuse me, Ms. Ms. Tiddles, I'll say. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, Mrs. Slocum was like, oh, that, that poor Tiddles, that mean ginger Tom. Oh, actually, no, it was her who was attacking him sexually. <laughs> yeah, she chased him 100 yards down before she cornered him in the weeds. <laughs> it's almost I'd like Mrs. Slocum in, in Holiday ba- and Benny Dorm. I'd better put her in the basket. Well, you'd better put her on the pill. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If your pussy's in the mood, have it clipped and then shampooed. <laughs> uh, Mr. Frobisher, the travel agent, is for some reason still around. And he gives the staff the first half of the money, their deposit, and then they're going to get the second half to when the tour leader signs off on the satisfaction form. And guess who the tour leader is? It's that old Mr. Conklin who's got his eye on Mr. Humphreys. Oh, golly. Okay. We learned that um, as part of the final day's activities, that they're all expecting a church service and a Harvest Thanksgiving dance. <laughs> this right. feels like a 1972 episode that was like, oh, whoops, these pages stuck together. Oh, we have an extra script here. Let's just do it now. <laughs> you know, yeah. Let's do a little bit of song, a little bit of dance, and some funny costumes. And we have an episode, folks. Well, that's very true to Are You Being Served. Yeah, like, yeah, How yeah. many times did they inexplicably um, need to rehearse a dance or a song for some reason in, in the show, right? Like when they took up ballet as part of their Get Fit campaign. Or the, the Greek wedding with... Um, or the Greek wedding, Halitosis yeah. and all of that stuff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool. Yeah, Mavis lets them know that all of the folk dancers died years ago <laughs> and the local staff... The old staff used to just make it up as they went along, and no one was the wiser. So we start to get the inkling that our friends, our friends from Grace Brothers, are going to be making up a dance as they go along. But, Mr. Jeff, what about the vicar? Well, the vicar can't do the church service either, because he's already at great tender, lower tender, and tender bottom to cope with. 
Um, so again, much like the Greek wedding with the most reverend halitosis, they're going to have to make it up as they go along. And is the, the joke really doesn't make sense if you kind of know that the setting for Millstone Manor, I don't think these places yeah. actually exist. Maybe they do, but quite common in, in the UK and England anyway, um, you'll have, um, let's say Marple, like um, Marple will be the village name and there'll be like a church. But then on the other side of the hill, there'll be Lower Marple, and that's kind of its own little thing. And then to the west, there's like West Marple, and then to the north, Upper Marple, right? So you have all these little kind of country little towns, but in the center, usually where the church is, that's like Greater Marple or something like that. So it's Greater Tender... Lower tender and then tender bottom. Tender bottom, right? <laughs> well, so so this is this is rather geographically accurate because in Somerset there is a greater tender and a lower. Oh, so tender. they really exist? Okay. Yeah, and they just threw in the tender bottom for for shits and giggles, right? Yeah, and I love how um, uh, when they say, "And guess who's the satisfaction form signer, Mr. Conklin?" and then everyone looks at Mr. Humphreys and he says, "Well, don't look at me. Don't look at me." <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. Um. You know, I think that I'm starting to build up an appetite before we're going to see them put on a show and two shows and dances for us. So why don't we head on down to the canteen for a tea break? I think that's a great idea. We'll be right back. And we're back from the tea break. My goodness, um, those uh, 17th century uh, stone stairwells are very moist. So well done with the misting uh, staff. That's very well done. (laughs) Thank you. You get another five minutes for your break. Not six. Okay. It's five. Uh, What did you have, Mr. Jeff? Um, I had some of the leftover scones um, from breakfast uh, this morning. They, they were a little dry, but uh, that's to be expected. Well, you know, we don't have a budget for anything except importing all of our delicious British food over to the compound uh, direct from London. So from Harrods, they do deliver to Mississippi. You don't know that, did you? <laughs> they really do. Uh, well, you I can't ha- expect people who live in Mississippi to eat out every day. That's, that's true. Unless Sorry, you like barbecue. A- but you can, only, you can only have barbecue so many times. Uh, anyhow, so where were we in the episode, Mr. Jeff? So we're, we've cut to the next uh, or later that morning where they're getting ready to have the church service. And Mr. Humphreys curtsies before entering the chapel <laughs> rather than genuflecting, yes. which I thought was really nice. Genuflecting. Uh, nice, sp- nice use of that one. Look at that. God. Thank you very much. Mm. Um, Rumbled runs to the organ because anytime there's a piano or an organ to be played, of course, he has to do it. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, of course, it's an old fashioned organ. And Mrs. Slocum has to pump the bellows. So we get an auditory fart joke, and we get the visual of her bobbing up and down uh, in vicinity to uh, Mr. Rumbold. Talking about when she was a land girl, uh, doing the same for the blacksmith. And then you'd like, exactly. you, you wonder, like, what did she do exactly for the blacksmith? One right. never knows. Miss Lovelock and Mavis are outside handling the, out the um, missalettes or the programs, or I don't know what you call it in the Anglican church. The thing that you follow along with the to tell you books. what page to, yeah. Um, Mr. Moulter is playing the vicar, and he comes in swinging the incense, and it's hysterical, like you know, <laughs> smiling you know, ear I, to ear. Howdy do, howdy do. <laughs> I, I, they're singing. I expect them to be singing all things bright and beautiful oh when God. they walk in, because that's such a, a typical um, "Are You Being Served" song. But they sing some other Anglican hymn that um, I. They should have hired us for consultants, basically, you know. <laughs> right. Um, we, were, we were teenagers, man, so I don't know if that, how that would have uh, My mother out. would have said, no, you can't. So there we go. <laughs> 
So right after church, they have to serve them lunch. They're cleaning up the lunch, and there's still no tips, right? Yeah. But they did notice that Mr. Conklin stirred a little when Mr. Uh, when Captain Peacock was reading from the lectern and mentioned Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh my God, <laughs> I love it. Right, that's so funny. Miss um, Brahms runs in, and there's an emergency. So finally, some conflict oh, that might yeah, give it's been kind of a little a, bit of comedy. Okay, and then they all did this, and then they all did that. You know. Yeah. Um, one of the guests' dentures have gone missing. <laughs> and he thinks that he last, it was in uh, uh, one of the scones that he had bit into. And so they have to check through the scraps of the garbage because he's offering a 10% um, reward of the value of his dentures that he just got replaced in New York, and they're $10,000. So they haven't gotten any tips yet. They're still waiting on the second half of their money from Frobisher, the travel agent. So this $1,000 split amongst the five of them, it's going to be $200 each. They probably have to cut in the molters too, but you know that it goes a long way that's, when you're out in the country. That's to quote Miss Hum- Miss Brahms. That's a lot of lolly. Yeah, we've got to cut the lolly, right? <laughs> um, Mr. Molter yep. has just taken the scraps to go feed the goats, so now we've got another chance to interact with the farm animals. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Slocum bleats like a goat in order to distract the one that's eating, while Captain Peacock is going to pull away the trough so they can start to dig through it and find the dentures. However, we get a little bit of a Benny Hill um, comedy here where uh, he starts chasing Captain Peacock. Um, Speaking of Benny Hill, did you see in the news recently that um, right before Boris Johnson gave his resignation, like that whole week where people were resigning left and right from his cabinet. That's right. We hadn't spoken about it yet. Um, Sky News was reporting live from just outside Westminster and someone started blaring yakety sacks, the, the Benny Hill like chase music. To, you know, as a way of protesting just how disheveled and disorganized and you the, know, the cabinet and parliament had been. So you know the song. It's that, it's that yep. funny thing. And uh, Hugh Grant, the actor from Notting Hill and all of those things, um, mm-hmm. was behind the placement of that song because somehow he was communicating with Is the, he? Yeah. So, he, so if you – that's all over the news. So he was in communication – maybe on Twitter or something, I don't know, with the person who was protesting outside of that little yard by uh, Westminster. Um, yeah, look, look kids, big, uh, big Ben, Parliament. Yeah, exactly, like right there. And then he said, hey, you're about to be on Sky News. Quickly go to YouTube and find Yakety Sacks. And then as the Sky News guy's like, Boris Johnson has just announced his resigning from the you know prime minister position. <laughs> yeah, so it was all Hugh Grant. So thank you, Mr. Grant. Yeah. Um, the staff are setting up the tables outside for the um, harvest dinner and the Thanksgiving <laughs> dance. Yeah. Uh, and um, they're, they're, um, Mr. Moulter and Mavis are telling the staff about previous harvest dinners that they've hosted and uh mavis used to run a kissing booth at one and her Ooh. sign used to say mavis is willing for a shilling which i thought was a great rhyme there <laughs> but so out of character for mavis because she seems so um uh, um cloistered and so innocent that i don't think that she would run a kissing booth well, I don't know. I mean, she she does sort of lay it on pretty thick with Mr. Humphreys. Um, oh, that's true. You know, but, but she's she's never been untoward to him. Like we've, we, there's been no evidence that they've 
even kissed or even <laughs> held hands. All we know is they just cuddle for warmth at nighttime. As, as Miss Brahms later in the episode tries to get to the bottom of. Um, yeah, that's, this is another kind of insight to her character that Fleur Bennett is just amazing at. Um, that everyone you say grace and favor are you being served, everyone says, man, I really wish we could have seen what happened to her character. Same thing with uh, Miss Lovelock, you know. Uh, it's such a pity there wasn't a third season, but we still have another one to go. So let's not be too, too uh, downtrodden about it. Yeah, we still have six more episodes to get to know uh, the Molters. Yeah. And see. Um, Mr. Molters sees that it's going to start to rain, so they've got to bring the entire party inside. And the staff do the harvest dance in the lobby. Um, so <laughs> Mavis is the caller, so she's calling the steps. And the, the five of them were just basically recreating, like doing a little bit of a mime. Like, you know, first we gather the weed, and then we separate the chaff, and then we stomp down the grapes. It's, you know, it, it's very, um, it's very I Love Lucy. It's very um, a, a trope of that time. Um, we don't get very sexual we don't get very comedic with it. It's just kind of watching them make fools of themselves. Well, I mean, I was, it, it, like you said, um, in fact, you just called Mavis the caller, which you do in um, square dancing. It's square dancing, So yeah. I wonder, of course, I don't think this was made up. I think it, this is like a cultural thing because that, that's, it seems with Are You Being Served Again slash Grace and Favor, they really almost um, take a lot of the cultural tropes of the countryside and... They don't. I, I wouldn't think they would make up something like this. So I wonder if square dancing from like Kentucky and Tennessee and whatever the South of the U.S. Um, probably came through like the West Country. You know, maybe they've done that kind of thing for five hundred years. They came over here as settlers, um, settlers unquote quote unquote there, um, hmm. and it devol- evolved into square dancing. Kind of interesting. I thought the scene was Possibly. really cute. I thought like especially. Um, then they p- pick the apples from the orchards and then Captain Peacock pretends to be a tree and he has a scowl on his face, like almost like he's one of those mean apple trees from, uh, from the Wizard of Oz, right. you know, where they have to pick the trees from. And then, anyway, um, I thought it was cute. Um, it, and this, this scene really felt like, oh, this could be, this is like a long forgotten script from 73 that they found in a book somewhere and they said, let's just use it now. Cause even the way the camera panned and how it was just actors, it felt very theatrical really. Um, and very sweet. It's funny that you mentioned the, the, the staff, the, the, the script writers of the show trying to, you're thinking that they're trying to be as authentic as possible because I thought the costumes looked really familiar. You know, if you think back to the episode roots yeah. where at the very end, they figure out that Mr. Grace is actually from Somerset and they all come in with those robes and they're R R R and they're carrying the, the, you know, the farmer's tools that the robes that they, ent- that they wore when they were entering looked very similar in my mind to what I remember everyone wearing for, um, for the, the performance in the Roots episode. Exactly, and you just mentioned the Roots episode. So if you're new to the show um, and you go to BritBox, you're not going to find the Roots episode. Um, you might be able to find it on YouTube, but it has some blackface in it. And we have a long episode where we talk at length about the Roots episode. So go on to your podcast thing and you'll find the episode if you don't know what we're talking about. In my mind, I think we also got a call back to a second episode from the original series um, in the very end, I think we got a little bit of a callback of German Week 
because Peacock accidentally gooses Slocum and the kind of like their yes. last move of the dance. Yes. And she slaps him for it and they start fighting. So it was yes. very reminiscent of that part of the dance that turned a little cheeky and they get into a physical altercation. I was it. just going to say that the scene where, where um, they have to slap each other in the dance from the German yep. week. And then uh, Mrs. Slocum, of course, is drunk and she slaps Captain Peacock straight across the face. And then he gets angry and then he slaps her back and da da da. They do that in this episode, which is so cool. Not quite the same, but uh, I do wish Captain Peacock was in Vita Hosen, but you can't have everything in life. <laughs> and then we have a very anticlimactic ending to series one. <laughs> it ends with them fighting at the end of the dance. We don't know if Mr. Conklin was satisfied and they, <laughs> was Mr. Mr. Where was Mr. Humphreys? <laughs> Mr. Frobisher gave them the second half of the money, or if anybody ever tipped. We, we just don't yeah. know, you know. Um, so it's a good job that the series was renewed for a second season because we have to find out if they're still there, if they've ever hired any staff to, to be the chambermaids and the waiter and the cook and all of that, and are they actually going to get to live out their happy retirement? Yeah, I, I, there's a lot I about we'll this. we'll find out. There's a lot about this episode that was really sweet. I like them showing the garden party for having the tea outdoors and you know it looked quite nice and of course it's right next to that beautiful um grade two listed um building the which is a real place which you can get married at and such um and we see the cute little dancing which definitely felt like reminiscent of the 70s like those episodes um but eh, kind of a not exciting episode um but you know Season one of Grace and Favor is only six episodes, and this is one of them. So this is, what, uh, 18.5% of the series or whatever. I can't <laughs> do the math. Uh, but, yeah, it was cute. I mean, it's already being served as canon. It's cool. You get to see a little bit of Captain Peacock, Mrs. Slocum slapping, which everybody loves, um, and a couple gay jokes with, Cap- with uh, Mr. Humphrey. So I'm going to love that, too. What else can you expect from an episode, right? What more do you want, people? Yeah. Um, next time we're going to talk about series two, episode one, The Gun, which has quite an ominous title. <laughs> the things you see when you haven't got your gun. <laughs> yes. It's funny because whenever I'm out of the United States, if I'm in Canada or the UK or something, and I, I use that phrase, the things you see when you haven't got a gun, like if a really handsome guy walked down the street or something. But then I realized I'm an American. I can't say, I can't things like, oh, I wish I had my gun. People are not going to nope. understand the, the, the nuance of that statement when I say that nope. outside the U.S. No, nope. so. not, not, not a good look. No, not indeed. Um, Mr. Brandon, if our unanimous want to get in touch with us because they uh, remembered what Madonna had put out in 1992 oh, or had some thoughts about Series 2, how can they get in touch well, with us? Well, you can get in touch with us on Facebook, on Twitter. You can send us uh, a message on Twitter at that. No, it's uh, does suit madam. Does suit madam with an E. You can also email us at that does suit madam with an E at gmail.com. Or you can call a peacock hotline like Mr. JJ did from uh, London. That was 662 Peacock, 662 732 2625. If you're not in North America, you don't want to spend international long distance. Record a voice memo on your phone and email it to us. That works the same. And you can also buy some cool merchandise from the Bargain Basement Shop at imfree.threadless.com. And with that, Mr. Jeff, as always, you've all done very well. Bye, you
That Does Suit Madam is not endorsed by the BBC and it is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All you're being served is a copyrighted program of the BBC. Partial dentures and full artificial dentures include risks and possible failures associated with dental treatment. Hello, Unanimous. This is Mr. Brandon. And this is Mr. Jeff. Did you wake up this morning and think, how could I support my favorite podcast while also letting the world know that I'm a proud member of the Unanimous? Does your morning coffee vessel leave you feeling neither one way nor the other? Perhaps your smartphone cover fails to confirm your charm, personality, vitality, and youth. Worry no more. Visit our That Does Suit Madam online bargain basement shop. They've just come in. You could buy your very own That Does Suit Madam official tote bag. A handbag? Or an official podcast sofa pillow. Perfect for hiding your Paddington bear. We sell a fashionable face mask and a celebrated coffee cup. And of course, t-shirts. But don't worry, you'll find the sleeves right up with wear. Support your favorite podcast with some That Does Suit Madam merch. All at imfree.threadless.com imfree.threadless.com and, and you've, you've all, all done, done very well. well.